Welcome to the Founders Conversation with Insight Now. You can watch these conversations live on Facebook and YouTube. We hope that you enjoy today's episode. All right. Hey, Mark, we're here. We made yeah. it. We made it. We're, we, made it. Uh, we are here. Episode 17. Can you believe that? 17. Seven, 17. And, and we are Peterless. Which makes us highly disadvantaged today. I know. Because you know, Peter brings Peter brings a lot to the table. But we're well, going to have to step up. You're going to have to step up, Chris. Okay, I'm in. I'm in. I'll do my best. I'll do my best. Uh, so um, I think uh, I think we had a uh, – well, let's just give everybody the update. How are you doing, Mark? Um, I'm doing pretty good. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, you know, I struggled a little bit last week with some issues to my ankle, but okay. uh, much better. It's getting healed. Um, so, you know, continue to – do life here? Yeah. Um, yeah. Continue to feel like a, a a caged bird that's meant to fly, and like we were talking about before, I'm I'm missing some of my revelation time at thirty thousand feet. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I'm doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's good. We had a big week this week. Uh, Meek and I were reinstated at Harvest as senior leaders, so we were excited about that. It has been a productive 16 months away from uh, doing the um, you know ministry within that context, and so uh, you know God's been super faithful. We're super excited for what this next season is going to hold. So um, you know Meek's practice, and then what's happening at, at Harvest, and. Um, you know, I'm, I'm actually going to be uh, shifting work life gears a little bit and changing some of my secular job stuff. So, um, yeah, I think, I think, um, yeah, we're excited for what's coming next. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just read this just, just before we were, um, talking before I, I just mm-hmm. glanced down at, um, uh, Romans eight. Um, we're just yeah, yeah, yeah. into it, and I thought yeah. this was just a, in the Passion Translation. Um, I'm really enjoying um, this particular chapter of Romans 8. You know, mm-hmm. I, sometimes I get obsessive with <laughs> with a particular place where I just can't get out of it. I think it's a prophetic part of me that locks onto something, and uh, and so um, verse uh, 28. Says a little bit yeah. different. Romans eight twenty eight. We know what that yeah. is, but so we're yeah. convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit mm-hmm. into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. You know, it's mm-hmm. like I know the other translation. He says he works everything together for good, mm-hmm. but this translation is saying we are convinced. And I think yeah. that's an important place about being convinced. Yeah. You know, on. what are the things are you convinced of? <clears throat> yeah. You know, and um, that every detail of our lives, <laughs> every detail yeah. is continually, like, like the Holy Spirit's at work continually weaving together mm. the things of our life to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives because we yep. know that he is good. Yep. So th- because he's good, he wants to bring good into every part and every every place because he can't help himself because that's his nature. He is good. Yeah. Yeah. Um for we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his designed purpose. I mean it, it I mean it just really interests me that that different ways of interpreting mm-hmm. or translating the scriptures can just bring mm-hmm. out so much, yeah, um, and bring it into a into words and language and concepts and things that just you know you can really meditate on. And it's, this is one of the chapters that I love reading it out of this translation. Yeah, that 
you know, the woven together just reminds me of um, the picture in uh, with um, uh, Joseph and his brothers, where he says mm -hmm. what what the devil meant for evil, yeah. you know, God God meant for good. Like yes. what what you intended to do harm, God actually, and and the word picture in the Hebrew is of a weaver's loom. Right. Yep. Weaving. God was weaving his goodness into the situation, even yep. when we couldn't fully see it. And I love that because, um, you know, I think, you know, we were just talking a little bit, too, about our history and, and kind of going into the this era of the kingdom and kind of what got us into this place, you know, that from being more traditional into this more uh, kingdom oriented place. And, and one of the things that, that always stands out to me is that the, the level of freedom that we get to walk in is directly tied into our purpose. Mm -hmm. Like there's this hope that we carry because of the purpose that God has called us to. And so we have the confidence of God. I mean, will radically introduce concepts Mm -hmm. And he will radically shake the foundations that we thought were secure to mm -hmm. get us more secure on his foundation. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes that shaking we don't like, but it, we're convinced every detail of our lives is continually woven together mm -hmm. to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing mm -hmm. good into our lives. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, oh, it's it's like, oh, yeah, this is so God, even though. Like, let's just be honest. God's weaving goodness into COVID. He's weaving yeah. goodness into you being locked down in Tasmania and not getting 30,000 feet revelation. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, he just Good. keeps coming at it with his yeah. goodness over and over. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's, it's actually true. I, I, I mean, I think the, the interesting thing is about... Um, you know, bringing us into a place of change. You know, sometimes mm. the Father, you know, will, will often start of inviting us, stepping into some change, and then sometimes he 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 uses circumstances that force us into change. Yeah. Um. And um. um <laughs> yes. Because you know he, he knows <laughs> he knows us better than we know ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. So I was just thinking, um, what about um. We we live in this kingdom era now, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, yep. you know we we know we talked a lot about the transition from the church age to the kingdom um, age, and we're living in this kingdom kingdom age. Um, what what would you say has been the most instrumental or the most influential revelation that's come to you about yeah. kingdom? Era kingdom management, maybe that could be good for us to launch into and help sure. people. Yeah, help people. So, so I think, um, so when I went into ministry, you know, as a Pentecostal church, charismatic church, uh, didn't necessarily mean that I had a full grounding or understanding of all the things that God was doing in that at all. Um, so I knew that I needed to have uh, access to passionate worship and, you know, uh, I needed to grow, needed mentoring when I kind of got really involved in churches and in, in my faith walk. So I remember getting called into ministry and having this vision and this passion for what church should look like. And to me, it was all about marketplace transformation. It's all about mm -hmm. like, you have to you have to see the impact in the seven mountains. And I didn't even have language for any of this. Like mm -hmm. God was giving me downloads. I didn't know Johnny Enlow. I didn't know Lance Wallnow. I didn't know any of these seven mountain people, Dr. Mm -hmm. Mike Maiden. I had no, I had no concept for any of that. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, but I, that's what I knew it needed to look like. And so then, um, uh, I had just started as an associate, just just getting ready to become the senior pastor at Harvest 10 plus years ago. And I got this, um, I saw this newspaper article of a guy who was going to do some ministry in town. 
Uh, his name was Tracy Armstrong from Seattle. And I thought, oh, I told Mika, I think we need to go to this. So I went to this and every he was talking kingdom and every word that came out of his mouth just lit up my spirit. I was like, whoa, like this is what I'm talking about. And so I just kind of pursued that a little bit, developed a relationship with him. And then um, about uh, three months later, I was meeting with um, an older guy from our town, Ross Hall. I was meeting with him and he's like, hey, you know, I'm going to this thing in Yakima. It's a private luncheon with Bill Johnson. Would you like to go? And I thought, I'm like, who's Bill Johnson? Like, I've got no idea who Bill Johnson is. And he was like, what? You don't know who? So he, so I just started watching sermons and it, and that really lit my spirit up. And then um, I read Culture of Honor by Danny Silk. That book revolutionized how I saw leadership. Um, in fact, the chapter on Unpunishable and that subsequent book, Unpunishable, would have to be the primary, is the primary kingdom concept that for me was the most radical transformational concept. Um, I was already wired for nation, you know, seven mountain transformation. So <laughs> that wasn't because it was, they were giving me language. Like Ed Silvoso was, who's an apostolic. He's given me language to stuff, but it was already embedded in my spirit. <laughs> so when, when I got this concept that of unpunishable, that God's goal is not to punish the believer who's repentant after they repent. <laughs> you know, like there's this whole level of like, no, actually in Christ, we're really free. That transformed, um, that transformed everything for me. That mm -hmm. was, the big, that was the big one. So one of the things I notice about apostolic leaders mm -hmm. is that they, yeah. they have this, um, supernatural, natural way of saying something that defines mm -hmm. some things that are in you. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had this experience where the, um, Bill's done it for me. Dave mm -hmm. Crone has done it a mm -hmm. lot from back yeah. Yeah. Um, and where, um, you know, he has said things that have defined, described what I'm feeling inside. It's almost like mm -hmm. a lot of little bits and pieces of revelation. He's actually said something that's brought it together. Mm -hmm. And I know I do that for other people as mm -hmm. well. Yep. So I think you, you have to have people in your life that are doing that for you. Mm -hmm. And the same way, if that's, if that's an area of gifting for you as far as apostolic, mm -hmm. um, then you do that for other people. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, I think uh, like you too, um, the thing that catapulted me into is, was really John, uh, Bill's first book, um, When Heaven Invades Earth. Yeah. It, it yeah. was just, it was just a, a, a catapulting, mind-blowing, describing, defining time. Was there any any particular part of that book that at, was there a moment in the book or a phrase or something that that just mm. smacked you across the side of the head? <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was. Um, I came to realize that something that I'd learned as a child, um, you know, back in my primary school, you, I think you call it elementary. Yeah. Um, we we uh, had to learn the Lord's Prayer. Mm -hmm. Like it was a state, you know, it was a state school, government school. Um, but in those days, that, that was what was done. And so I'd learned this prayer. Um, and then Bill is teaching on it as it's not just something to recite, but something to live out. Wow. And so that when I started to, when I started to realize, wow, mm -hmm. hey, 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 wait a minute. This is, this is, this is some things that I've felt and taught and, all, all summed here together where it's like, you know, hey, if, if I'm to refer to God as father, then I must be his child. And so yep. I just went on an exploration in that. Arena. Wow. Mm. And then it was like, hey, wait a minute. I, I, I spent a lot of time, a lot of people talk about the will of God, but it says that his will is that that what happens in heaven would happen on earth. And I just yeah. got ups, ups well, uh, you know, um, stuck in it. You know, I can become yeah. obsessive, um, <laughs> um, and I, and I obsess on things um, where I I feel prophetically that there's the Holy Spirit on. So I, you know, I go through right. a time 
when I'm just focused in this and I keep thinking about this, I keep talking about it, I keep focused on it, I keep looking into it because the Holy Spirit's got me stuck in that mm -hmm. area. And I don't mean mm -hmm. stuck in a bad way. I mean just, no, yeah. just delighting in it. Yeah. And, and so I continually go back to that. And so he opened that up for me in, in a, into, into a, in those first few parts of the prayer that Jesus taught. Um, even realizing that we call it the Lord's Prayer, but it's not his prayer. It was mm -hmm. a prayer that like, we have trouble if it was his prayer. But, yeah. you know, lead us not into temptation. You know, it's like, hey, wait a minute. Uh, you know, it's like yeah, it's a prayer that, that he taught. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was like a key in the in the lock, just un, un, yeah. un, opening the door for me to explore more. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And it got me into trouble. Yeah. It got it me into trouble that. with the people who wanted to stay in the church era. And unfortunately there's still people that want to stay in that place. Let's let's give some let's let's do the apostolic thing and give some language to that to, to how do you describe the church era and mm -hmm. its markers? Like like we, we throw that around a little bit, but it might be helpful for people to kind of first maybe better define that. Okay, so let me let me let me contrast. Let me okay. let me show. Okay, in the church era, um, we we spent um, a lot of time uh, encouraging people to go to church, bring people to church. Right. You know, it was a, a lot, a little bit like in in the in the scripture where it talks about the Paul of Bethesda, right? And at Paul of Bethesda. Um, they waited there until the angel came and stirred up and the first one in got healed. So it was like going to a point or a geographical location to experience something. And so we, we would talk about people coming to church. We would talk about right. um, the, the highest degree or level of ministry was to be a pastor of, a, of the church. And it was, it was focused on the church. It was yep. focused about giving to the church, bringing to the church, coming yep. to the church. Yep. Um, and um, we, we, we would talk about, and I did this for lots of years in my early days, um, you know, I saw myself as the captain of the ship. Um, we had this cruise ship. I spent a lot of time trying to get people to get on board with what we were going to be doing. Yeah. And so we were going to do this together. So we're going to sail around together, basically. We're going to take this cruise ship and we're going to go to this place and this one. We're going to do this together. Whereas the kingdom era is not about going to church. It's about being the church. Yep, yep. You know, yep. Um, and it's, it's a really about... Um, recognizing the, mm -hmm. the rest of the mountains. Mm -hmm. It's about, it's mm -hmm. about helping people. Mm -hmm. It's about taking so, and some scriptures came so mm -hmm. alive for me. Yeah. Like right. Ephesians 411, where it's Huge. like, this is the fivefold ministry, not yep. individuals, but individuals who should be working together to do what, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry in the church age. We interpreted that being the vision of the pastor. Yep. To do the work of the minister, so we're equipping people to fulfill the vision of the pastor. What we had was a whole lot of frustrated people because yep. they, 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 we weren't discovering what is their calling, what's the thing that's in your heart to do, yeah. and yeah. how can we help you to mm -hmm. be able to fulfill that. But the view of is yeah. if. In the kingdom age, it's about helping people launch their own boats. Not all get on the cruise ship, but how do you pursue the thing that's in your heart? And how can we help you launch your boat? Most, you know, in the past, a lot of pastors, um, leaders have viewed the people leaving in their boats and watched the tithe and the finances and all those sort of stuff leave, right? And and that's caused insecurity. That's caused, uh, yeah. so you would understand yeah. some, yeah. some yeah. things. But the reality is the opposite happens. When you equip people, mm -hmm. when you help people to discover what they're called for and to, and help them to go do it, they go off and do it and they bring the spoils of war back to the place that equipped them. Mm -hmm. So one of the reasons that people have left churches, not the only, but one of the major regions that a lot of people leave is because they're frustrated. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's because yep. they they want to do something that's in their heart to do, something that they're called to do, and they often leave in the wrong way because they don't know how to voice their frustration. They don't know how to how to go after it, and they've been called rebellious and they've been called all sorts of things. Um, it's because we've not understood the era that we're in, mm-hmm. and the kingdom era is 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 realizing that. All of the churches in the all of the churches in the kingdom, but not all of the kingdoms in the church. Mm-hmm. What we've understood is in the kingdom era, um, the, the 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 kingdom is the message, and the church is the messenger. When you make the church the message, which is what happened in the church era, and I, I'm not beating up the church era; it's a legitimate era. It's where God took us, but He took us there to take us into, into the kingdom era. Because that's all Jesus talked about when he was on the planet was the kingdom. But we could see it, but we couldn't see it because the timing wasn't right. And that's why when, when, you, when, you, when you get hold of this core subject, when you understand that the will of God is to heavenize earth, so in the kingdom era, I had a lot of people saying, I said, you know, I'm going to heaven. I'm going to take as many people there as with me as I can. Great view, great goal, great understanding, but quite selfish. Because the role is, is not to wait to die to get into heaven because we're already there now. The Bible says that we're seated in heavenly places. Yep. 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 The goal is to heavenize earth. Yep. yep. Right? We're to heavenize mm-hmm. the earth that we're at. We should be seeing. The problem is we're not understood that is that's why there's too much hell yeah. on earth. <laughs> yes. You don't abdicate your responsibility when you recognize that no. it's for now um, instead of down the road. Um one of the one of the things I think you I mean you just touched on so many so many points there, um, but one of the things that I I saw the transition happening with missional church, um, you know there was a missional church movement. I don't know what's happening with that. I think it's it's kind of morphed uh, again into more of a um, social gospel. I think churches you know moved from missional to social gospel, and so. Um, you know, but you did see such a huge move in the missional church to impact communities, not, you know, to impact not only the poor in the community, but to impact businesses and to start mm-hmm. getting out. And, and I think that um, I think that that was a, a kind of a precursor to a kingdom yep. oriented church uh, yep. is the missional church movement. I think that that movement, unfortunately, when you remove the gospel from what you do um, and you just do good things for the sake of doing good things. Now you've now, you've now not, you're no different than the average nonprofit that's working in your community because you've removed God from, from the wholesale heartbeat of your mission. Um, So I think that that's um, um, that's something to, to, you know, and you see a lot of churches that started out missionally are now not even promoting Jesus. <laughs> You're like, mm, what's happening here? You know, so um, and, and then one of the other things that I, I think is really that was something that um, when I first started in ministry, I prayed that God would give me all five of the fivefold ministry um that he would anoint me with those so that the church could be healthy so that people yep. could be equipped. And like, God, I don't have, like, it's just me. And there's set, there's eight other people, including my family in this church. And, you know, I, I, I've got to operate in all five. Mm-hmm. Well, not all five are going to be paid positions in a church. Mm-hmm. Not all five are going to be an elder role. Like in this classical church model. And so the Lord's really, I think, peeled back just even this the function of apostle, the function of prophet. Like he's peeling this back so that more and more people can recognize, like, oh, you mean I don't have to have a door 
and an office and a paycheck and all these mm-hmm. things happening in order to be an effective mm-hmm. gift that Jesus gave to the church. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so in order for me to be this person, I don't have to be on staff. I don't have to have, I don't have to fit into this functional institutional model to operate in my fivefold gifting as yep. a gift to the church. I have to operate in community Right. I, because the fivefold ministry is in community, but you know, uh, doesn't mean that I'm, I'm I'll functionally getting titled and having all these things. So I think that's been a huge thing that's broken open too, moving from the more traditional church age into this new kingdom era as well. Yeah. And I, I think there's, there's, there's also the, the shift where, um, we're, we're realizing, um, if you put your, if you put your calling in front of your name, <laughs> it's out of order. Right. You know, and, you know, I know it's a title, you know, pastor, for instance, um, you know, it, it, it has, um, what it does is it elevates and separates. Can I, can I, I just want to say this people, everybody loves to have a position and a title Mm-hmm. And something that gives them value, meaning, and importance because of whatever insecurities or deficiencies in our identity in Christ. Like we want the title. We want that stuff because it makes us feel good, right? Yep. It makes us feel important. It makes us feel valuable. So I, I, I've always said that self-appointment leads to disappointment. So anybody who tries to appoint themselves as an apostle or as a pastor or as a prophet, unless somebody has, unless uh, people around you have called that gift out in you Mm -hmm. and maybe even laid their hands on you and said, Mm -hmm. we're declaring that this is who you are. This is your identity from the authority that they carry. And there's this, there's this like a placement of authority on no matter what the fivefold ministry, I, I, I think you can have a lot of those gifts in operation, but you don't get to the office without some people laying hands on you and appointing you to the office. You might have some prophetic gifting, but you don't carry the office of prophet until some people in community who know you can, can affirm that, call it out in you and anoint you into it. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Does that, yeah. how does that, how does that resonate for you? Yeah. Um... That's my personal take. Yeah, I, I, I just I just have more of a place, I suppose, is that I prefer to call things what they are for what they are. Yeah. You know, and it, so if, you, if you've got somebody who's quite strongly um, a prophet, you know, a person leading a church, calling him a pastor confuses people. Right. Um, because he's not pastorally gifted. Come on, that is going to be the case and, for me. And <laughs> I, I, I want everybody to understand is that in talking about the kingdom age, I am in no way, shape, or form, um, you know, um, saying bad stuff about the church in any way. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. not putting it aside. Yeah. I, I love the church. I, 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 you know, it's it's the community. Uh, it's the institution that's of it. There's some things that are not quite correct or right yep. or yep. outgrown okay. it or wherever else it is, but it's still the community of the people that, you know, it's, it's, it's but it is, uh, one of the mountains or one of the significant structural places of of the of community society. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I happen to actually believe that the next real significant move of the kingdom is going to come from the marketplace. Agreed. I the marketplace we are go- we, we are going to see some, but that doesn't say. And this is why it's really important to have this concept of and, which is yeah. what what God. Yeah. You know, this paradoxical place of and. So it's not, mm-hmm. well, it's either or. It's, you're either talking about, no, I'm talking about the church and the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Am I saying that the, it's the church only that's going to bring, uh, no, I'm not saying that at, at all. I am saying it's the church <laughs> and the marketplace. Yeah. When the church yeah. is seeing the marketplace as a very important place. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like, for instance, I've heard some people who are uh, called into the marketplace Right, they know that, mm-hmm. um, and yet they are feeling very um, like they still have the the thinking of the church and mm-hmm. the secular. So yep. this is what I do out here every day. To, you know, I want to do it for the Lord, but you know, it's it's like and then the church over here. 
where it's like, no, 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 wait a minute. It's not meant to be a division that you step from the church to the marketplace and then you, you have to change it and step back into the church. No, it's meant mm -hmm. to actually be one. Yep. You know, yep. and yep. but but, it, but the emphasis is a slightly different. Yep. That's the deal. It's the same overall. We want to see the kingdom come. We want well, to see lives I, transform. Yeah. I, I do think that when people are um, stepping into the freedom um, that God has given them, right? Like they're stepping into the freedom um, that, that and their identity and all of that stuff, those things get called up and they, they get called up and they get called out, you know? Yep. And, and I, I do believe that the community um, known as the church should be the place where you can receive healing and get mm -hmm. sent. I, mm -hmm. I think there's something really powerful around being able to find a place of refuge, a place to heal, a place to get equipped and get trained. And then, and then in the same in the same process, be able to have somebody call out, no, you're gifted like this. You need to be sent here. You need to go here. Like you need mm -hmm. to be in the marketplace in this place. And that thing that God's put in your heart, that's not here. That's over there. Yep. And, and to, to have such openness and freedom with people's destinies that it's not always serving themselves in the church. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I've, I've had some people who have asked me, so what, what makes a kingdom company? And I think there's, you know, lots of things, but, yeah. yeah, for me, I, I go back. I, I talk about triple bottom line. Yeah. Okay. So if the company, yeah. um, obviously profitability, every company wants to be profitable. Yeah. I mean, why do all of this if you're not making profit? That's right. If you if you're not increasing, you know, like just increasing pack up and go benefit, home. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the second up. thing is the second thing is is sustainability. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to be able to sustain what you're doing. You want to stay, uh, be able to stay producing profit. Now, mm -hmm. I think the third one, the tr of the of those bottom lines, um, distinguishes between a normal business or just any business with a kingdom focused business, and that's transformation. Yeah, it's about transforming the environment yep. they're working in. It's about seeing yep. transformation in the people that are working with you, right? mm -hmm. the people that are working alongside of you, the people mm -hmm. that are customers, the community that you're a part of, that you are heavily involved. And, and it's not just the church's role to bring about transformation. It's the role of, of believers. It's a role of each one of us to be being transformed mm -hmm. and bringing about transformation. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, transforming yep. the industry that the company yep. that is working in and the marketplace, you know, transforming, just bringing about transformation all around about mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. Now, if we if we had a whole bunch, you know, just stacks of businesses who took that on and went after transformation, wouldn't we see some yep. things change? Yep, yep. Well, I love, um, uh, let's just hit some comments real quick. I want to say hi to Deborah. Uh, she says, hi, Mark and Chris, uh, Lisa Marcus is here. Lisa, it's good to see you. Um, and then Dave champion. Hey, he's still at work, but he's, he's, he's on with us here, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, point just a moment ago, Alicia Evans says, and it's good to see you on here. Alicia uh, said, amen. And I got a good word, Chris from Lisa. So I just wanted to catch up on those real quick. Um, and Dave, Give me a call about the men's retreat. All right. So just throwing that out there while he's, while he's on here. Um, you know what I was thinking about was, um, as you were talking, was this place of transformation. And one of the things that really um, shifted things for me um, with marketplace ministry and understanding transformation was the concept of systemic poverty. Um, because one of the things that, that Ed Silvoso kind of dives into is four arenas of systemic poverty. And so he says, one of the things that he says is you see that transformation has taken place when you've seen the elimination of systemic poverty in a region. Mm -hmm. And so he saw, talks about spiritual poverty, like there's mm -hmm. revival, there's mm -hmm. motivational poverty. Mm -hmm. Right. Like people are motivated to better their lives and their families' lives. Like there's mm -hmm. this motive, there's this not depressed or, or hanging out. Um, there's obviously physical poverty, right? Mm -hmm. There's like you see finances increasing, mm -hmm. um, but then also relational poverty. Mm 
and you see all four of those arenas and he pulls that out of the book of Ephesians pretty fluidly, which is awesome. But then, you know, you see this like amazing thing that happens in it and it, what happens in a community when everyone's motivated growing in their wealth and they're relationally healthy, it is revival. The kingdom of God is just boom. It is here. Um, so I, I love, I like providing that context a little bit of people because so often we think about transformation, but we don't, we can't like, what does that really look like? You know, it's like kind of amorphous. Uh, how else would you define transformation when you look at it at its, at its course? Um, well, we all, <laughs> well, we, we, we all know that, um, well, probably another way to say it is when something is transformed, mm -hmm. it goes through a process. Mm -hmm. right? So yep. the classic illustration is where we get transformation. The, 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 the Greek butterfly. word is metamorpho. Mm -hmm. It's metamorphosis. We go from caterpillar to butterfly. So it, it looks like this, you know, and in my opinion, sorry, all the caterpillar lovers, but they're ugly, um, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and they that's, turn into, that's a demographic you have to worry about, Mark. <laughs> I know. Uh, uh, but the caterpillar turns into this butterfly, but they're completely different. Yeah. You know, like I've been into butterfly houses where people are paying good money, walking around, <laughs> ooing and garring. I went one on our, uh -huh. one of our wedding anniversaries, I think a 30th wedding anniversary. Uh, we were away at a place and, um, and my wife spent, hours taking every photo that you could possibly could of every type of butterfly and i'm, I'm actually like i'm bored rolling my eyes um, <laughs> but the, the whole whole thing is that they all came from caterpillars mm -hmm. right they are so constant they're ugly to, to beautiful mm. right and i think that that is really when we see something that's not working like poverty you know like like no people not motivated don't have any money can't do this they're stuck in a cycle of it and and what and what transformation does is break them out of a cycle of that and catapult yeah. them into mm -hmm. a beautiful place where the nature and the 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 very things of god and heaven are shining through them they're experiencing them that's the night and day type yep. of difference that yep. that we we bring about and that's where we we see those things you know um taking place and in the marketplace mm -hmm. that's what people can be involved in instead of thinking well that's the church's responsibility mm -hmm. no it's our responsibility ours that's right that's right right it's yep. you can see the same thing i've i've yep. heard of people talking about uh and in some of the consulting um, how their life has so changed, and mm -hmm. their employees have changed. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. How their influence has changed, yep. and how um, doing doing certain things, whether it's whether it's their, in their finances and goal setting and all of those sorts of things. It's about involving heaven. It's about involving because the Father wants to be involved in every area of our life. Mm -hmm. Right. And just because you're yep. making profit, just because you. You know, I mean, how else right. are we going to transfer or see wealth transfer, you know, into? How yeah. else are we going to see the resources come <laughs> in order to do things? You know, it's I, just, thought, I thought all the wicked were going to start tithing. Well, that's a it start. Was a but... <laughs> it was a joke. It was a joke. Well, you know, you because know. I mean, that's the old model. How would there be wealth, wealth transfer without the wicked starting to just donate to the church because there's no other ways for, you know, things to happen. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, we're in the kingdom now. Hallelujah. Um, you know, I've got a friend who's, who's uh, um, uh, apostolic uh, leader, Wayne Anderson, and he's made the comment that he feels like everybody who's a pastor uh, in the traditional sense of pastoring should get a second job immediately that they should all start working in the marketplace right now so that they can become, so that they can catch up with what well, God's doing in the next season. We, we, we had this and we had this exact thing in the Philippines years ago. Yeah. So what we had people coming from um, a, a particular evangelical mindset where they, all they did was be the pastor 
Um, and what happened was that they were getting very little money. They were they were really in poverty. Their kids were growing up hating the church. Yep. Um, and and they were doing you know visitation and all these sorts of things you know just to do, fill in their time. But they they had yep. very little money and they were as poor as anything. Yeah. And so we started to do these projects, and it challenged them. It really challenged them about going into business. But what happens is that they did started making money to support their family, but they got influence. They mm -hmm. got to rub shoulders with yeah. other people in doing business, whether it was running a, a passenger vehicle or whether it was selling things. They were connecting with people. And then what happened was that they had more authority to speak into other people's lives because they were doing something. They were putting into mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. And so they moved their family out of poverty into a place Ooh. of having some finances. Love but it. they got increase. Yep. They got increase in yep. increase of um, influence in the marketplace. But religion kept them poor because religion and poverty <laughs> are, real, are real close bred like they they together where yeah. you find religion you will find where you find a religious spirit up you'll find poverty what's really interesting to me is when um i was studying the seven mountains out and i read a book called turn the world upside down by dr mike maiden from the international church in las vegas uh -huh. and uh from iclv and and he wrote this book uh he was working with lance wall now when lance broke all this stuff kind of open with uh -huh. along with um um, the guy from YWAM, Lauren Cunningham. Lauren Cunningham, yeah. Yeah. So um, so what was really interesting is that in the book, he talks about the demonic strongholds over each of the mountains, right? And, and so each each mountain has its own demonic stronghold, and then it has its redemptive gift, right? So mm -hmm. um, it was really interesting with religion, the, the demonic stronghold over religion is pride, and what's really interesting is how pride keeps you in poverty. Mm -hmm. It's pride that keeps us poor. Mm -hmm. And and we can so often blame our inability to humble ourselves, get trained, mm -hmm. grow, excel, mm -hmm. take a risk, start a business. For whatever reason, we choose not to do a lot of those things because of pride. So when you talk about religion – being, you know, akin to, you know, to poverty, it makes so much sense because that poverty mm -hmm. mindset, whether you want to call it an orphan spirit or lack of identity, you know, we could talk about all different, we could unpack that a lot of different ways, but yeah. the, the bottom line to me seems so much around um, those people that, that uh, are able to humble themselves um, and, and take the big risks they're, they're not they're they're actually breaking off those things that bound them to religion and bound them to pride it's a big it takes risk and you don't mm -hmm. take risk without humility because otherwise you're afraid of getting embarrassed you're afraid yep. of you know of fear of man or fear of failure or whatever yep. which is all rooted in that pride yeah and, and well see pride and and independence is pretty closely together too um you know hey, daniel so Hey, Daniel, it's good to see that Daniel's listening when Daniel is often on a live yeah, stream. There you go. Get it. Now. Get it. Okay. Good. So, so pride and independence are, are very much are so akin mm. that they are, mm -hmm. you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's really what, it's really what pride is actually. It's independence. It's like, I can do this myself. I don't need yeah. anybody. Um, you know, uh, I, I'm excluding other people. And we talked about this with Peter last week with submission. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, um, you know, so what, what we have is some of these sorts of things that, that work. And, and what happens is I think that we, we, we allow them or we put up with some of these sorts of things yeah. as being socially accepted or the norm or yep. wherever else it is. You know, and I, I've been stuck for years <laughs> on um, Romans 15 verse 13, which mm -hmm, talks yeah. about abounding yeah. in hope, mm -hmm. uh, you know, having too much of something. And so uh, I think we're meant to have too much of things. We're, we're meant to have, you know, you know, too much hope, um, so much of giving it away to everybody. I'm still trying to find people to give it away to, 
right? I, I mm -hmm. think it's supposed mm -hmm. to be the same with resources, money and wealth and all of these sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think that's wrong to have that sort of viewpoint, but I think there are some there are some things within us that have got to come into proper order. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And and again, you know, um, that's why God resists the proud. Yes. Because yeah. a proud person says, yeah. I don't really actually need you. I don't need well, any help. I don't need other people. I don't need community. I don't need all that sort of how, stuff. How, how, what a better way to not enter the favor of the Lord and walk in abundance than to have God resist you. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you crazy? It's like about I have had some times where I've fought with God. Right? Yeah, yeah, and, totally. And I, I've fought with him. I've said yep. no. I've said no. And I've just come to realize that he always wins. Yeah, always. Yep. You know, it's, yep. it's like you can resist. You can resist him. Like you don't want him resisting you, but you you can resist him, but you're never going to win anyway. So just yep. just change. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Well, and you know, I think that God loves to use finances specifically as a a tangible tool because because obviously um, it is one of those things that that we have emotion attached to it. Right. You know, I teach, I teach a budgeting course every month for people that are wanting to buy a home for the first time with the housing agency. And one of the first lessons we have to teach people is that you have an emotional attachment to money. Mm -hmm. You know, when you have it, you feel a certain way when you don't, mm -hmm. you feel a certain way. So mm -hmm. I think God loves using finances as a tangible tool to show us how to walk in abundance because yep. it's not actually about the money because it's all his. He just taught, teaches us how to walk in it. You know, I, I've noticed in just in our discussion today, and any time that we're talking about the kingdom, it, it is such exciting, totally. adventurous. What mm -hmm. I'm saying, I grew up. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been in church all my life. I grew up in an evangelical place, and when I discovered the Holy Spirit, it totally transformed my life. You know, I, I started to experience some things, uh, speaking in tongues, um, mm -hmm. you know, all of yep. those sorts of things that the, the gifts of prophet, prophecy, all of those sorts of things. Now, when I discovered the the kingdom, uh, uh, it just took, I just got catapulted, like I said, into just another adventure. And that adventure has never finished. It's just got, in my first book, Fascinated by Heaven on Earth, yeah. is really, truly, I am fascinated about heaven on it, I am. A, I, I think about it all of the time. I'm seeing things. I'm hearing things. Mm -hmm. You know. I, so I've seen this progression where I've gone from just, you know, religion and but yeah. still good, yep. into um, experience and, and operating in the Holy Spirit was just absolutely exciting. And then the the next adventure has been really seeing enter into the kingdom viewpoint kingdom mm -hmm. understanding there is no end mm -hmm. of the dimensions mm -hmm. which the kingdom is multi-dimensional so there's no yeah. end of that but when you are when you are pursuing the kingdom that's why jesus said seek first the kingdom mm -hmm. he didn't yep. say it because yep. oh, i just want to see you obey i want to restrict you he said no listen the kingdom is so full of adventure and excitement i want you to seek first i want mm -hmm. you to go after it i want yep. you to 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 have put demands on it i want you to go into there i want you to to go chasing it because it's where you're going to have the most fulfillment it's going to where you have Absolutely. the most excitement you're going to see the most results you're going to see the most fruits you're going to see experience <laughs> things you know it's because if you are going after his will and his yeah. will is that yeah. I want to heavenize earth. If you're yeah. looking at how you're going to heavenize the earth around about you, then you are going to have heaven. Are you going to have all angels chasing after you because it's the will of the father? Yeah, absolutely. It's so fun to chat about Daniel. Great comment. Ain't Romans eight seventeen. Since we're true children, we qualify to share all his treasures. And the treasures are the kingdom. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, it's like, it's so, it's so much bigger. I, I love that, you know, this verse in um, 2 Corinthians 
um, nine, where it talks about giving that's used a lot, a lot of the time, but I'll just put it up here. God is able to make all grace abound towards you. This is the new King James grace abound towards you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work, mm -hmm. you know, and if the kingdom isn't about eating and drinking, but it's about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. It's fulfilling the calling. The abundance for every good work is the manifestation for the kingdom. You know, it's that that is that's just the reality of what it is to be in the kingdom is walking out this abundance of every resource that God has for us. And when we realize that we don't have to hang on to any of it and it can flow freely, God get God will give it to you if he can pass it through you, <laughs> you know, type of concept. Yep. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Well, so I, you know, I, I think that um, the conversations in the mm -hmm. conversation that we're having today, yeah, uh, about the kingdom are conversations that we need to keep hearing, even though mm -hmm. we may have heard it, may have heard many, it before, yeah, many many yep. times. Yep. But when you actually release things, when you actually mm -hmm. are, are, are talking about the kingdom, because the kingdom is about the dominion of the king. That's right. Right, yep. and we yep. are kings and priests mm -hmm. but he is the king of kings so when you're talking about the dominion of the king you're talking about king jesus his dominion upon the land that we are also reigning and ruling in dominion because we mm -hmm. were given dominion under adam and mm -hmm. jesus being the last adam restored that back to us to have that sort mm -hmm. of a dominion yep. and yep. that's where this earth in the scriptures, it talks in Romans, it talks about all creation, mm -hmm. everything around about us. Yeah, Romans 8. That has been created by the creator. He created it. And in the creation, he poured a DNA. In that, he put a, a, a desire within that, an earnest expectation to see mm -hmm. the sons yeah. of yep. God. That's us. Mm hmm. Right, the children Reveal. of God behaving mm -hmm. like the children of God, taking dominion. Yeah, yep. That's yeah. what creation's waiting for. It's waiting mm -hmm. for us to be be like that. And you know, I've I've often thought about this. I, I I don't think it's going to cut when the father we we leave this earth and 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 the father says, so how did you what what did you do with what I gave you? Well, you know, uh, I didn't have much time and a lot of people didn't agree with me. And I, you know, I, I don't think any of those, <laughs> I don't think any of those excuses are going to really wash with it. Now, that's not, you know, it's not saying well, that we don't, we don't experience, but, you know, I, I think well, when you get questioned about, you know, and sometimes yeah. just excuses don't work. Yeah. The design, the design that God gave the earth was the blessing. Right. The design that God gave in creation was his blessing, mm -hmm. you know. So, you know, obviously Genesis one, you know, and, and I talked about this on my thing and you guys, have, you and Daniel were talking about yep. this. You know, just the reality is that the design that God gave was that that when God created them, male and female, he created them and God blessed them, blessed and said to them, take dominion. Right. Be fruitful. Multiply. Take dominion. Right. I, I, I think that the, the reality of God's blessing in the design that we're given has everything to do with what the earth is designed to see, what the earth is designed. They're designed to see the blessing of the father revealed. Yeah. And, and, and if we are not actively participating in revealing the blessing of the father by taking dominion, then we're actually missing missing the mark. Um, it, it's really an interesting thing because I, I've, I've seen a lot of pushback against, and it may, this might be a bigger rabbit trail than we have time for, but you know, obviously the, the concept of, of dominion theology specifically around whether or not the church Christians should be become, should become the formal authoritative government on the earth. Now, a lot of people go a lot of different ways. And I, and I think that for what I see right now is that we can take dominion and we should take dominion in every arena 
of the marketplace in every arena that we have influence, whether or not that's in a, in a, in an official governmental capacity mm -hmm. or in a business capacity or in an education capacity, wherever that we're, we're at, we have to be manifesting that authority and that dominion that we're called to take no matter what that arena is, mm. no matter what it is. So mm. to me, it's less about whether or not, you know, we run the government, but it's more about whether or not we are actually um, taking the dominion over these seven mountains of culture and influence. Yep. Good. Well, um, I don't know about you, but I, I, well, this is a subject that we can explore yeah. for ages, but I think, ages. you know, I think we're probably, yeah, well, let's, let's, let's open it up. Let's open it up a little bit. If anybody has any comments, thoughts, questions, we're kind of going to wrap up our final thoughts, but now is your chance to go ahead and put something in the chat. If you have a comment, thought, anything like that, we want to hear from you. We want to, if you're like, Hey, what about this? Throw it in there. We might, we might just take it up and, and chat about it. Um, but uh, Mark, I'll let you kind of, Give us your final thoughts here on this concept of, or on this conversation that we've had about the kingdom. Yeah, I, I think one of the one of the one of the things that stays with me ever since I, I read it, um, with Bill, with he heaven invading earth, is this idea or truth about heavenizing earth. You know, and it's mm -hmm. a word that I made up. I, yeah, I don't think you find it in the dictionary, but heavenizing Earth is yeah. is about um, causing what happens in, and and a lot of people live with the distinction between well, that's in heaven, that's I'm going to get to that one day, uh, but when we when we realise no, it's about heavenizing yeah. this Earth, it's about causing heaven on Earth, mm -hmm. and when I'm looking to operate in that and looking at how I can do that and how I can do that with the people that I'm in contact with and what I do, the business I run, um, the work that I do, the school that I teach at, whatever else it is, it's about heavenizing earth. It's about salt mm -hmm. and light. That's who I am. I'm salt and I'm light. Mm -hmm. I was made that way. I don't have to become that. And, what, and as long as you keep the salt in the salt shaker, it doesn't do anything. Yeah, no it's, it's got to get out. It's got yep. to get out and in contact with what it's going to affect. Um, and that's what we're called to do. We're called yeah. to be, we are called to happen to things, yep. right? We shouldn't live lives where stuff happens to us. And of course, things do happen. I understand that. But the viewpoint is I'm on this planet. As long as I stay on this planet, I'm uh, called to heaven, eyes, earth. Mm -hmm. Am I perfect at it? No. Uh, do I struggle with things? Yes. Have I got challenges? Absolutely. Um, but overall, uh, I'm about, you know, heavenizing earth. When a person gets healed, they have, when they get encouraged because I give them a prophetic word, I give them something, I call them up um, and, and say something to heaven, they've been heavenized. Earth's been heavenized. Mm -hmm. When we see the big um, things or the micro things, the macro and the micro, mm -hmm. it's still all about heavenizing earth. Yeah, so. yeah that's so good. Yeah. I, I would say, you know, to me, this place of living um, in the freedom of this amazing calling and destiny to change the world, not, you know, like that, that to me is something that um, feels like it's intangible, like it's far away, like it's something like you couldn't actually do. And yet the promise of the Lord throughout the scriptures and what he speaks to us that we actually have the influence capacity ability and his blessing to change the world and the authority to go do it um to me you know when i realized that that to me changes how what what should church look like what should fivefold ministry look like it begins to just change and when you realize like oh bringing heaven to earth is the visual that we need to understand what that end product should look like. Mm -hmm. Now, now it actually focuses us and begins to motivate us to go so far beyond our capacity, 
beyond our ability to begin to do unreasonable acts of faith, unreasonable things, because God's calling us into such a higher level of opportunity because he blessed us to do it. He blessed us with the responsibility of it. And when God puts his blessing on something, it cannot be thwarted. (laughs) Like there's this inner confidence that just kind of like, I'm like, oh no, this is God. And, And it doesn't matter what the devil does. Guess who's weaving his goodness into everything? Just like it started off today, right? God's weaving his goodness right into the middle of it. And it's just beautiful. Um, So, hey, we want to thank everybody for watching today. Um, It's exciting um, stuff to talk about. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. Thank you. We bless all of you and we're grateful for you. And uh, hope that you guys have a wonderful week. Uh, I think I'll be on Friday. And then um, Monday again with Daniel and Mark. And then all three of us will be back next Tuesday. With that, uh, goodbye. And we bless you. All right. See you guys later. Bye. Thank you for joining us today for this conversation. You can follow us, like, subscribe, and share out any of these episodes on Facebook, YouTube, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can go to insightnow.co. Have a great day.